Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Groove Lab podcast. If this is your first time joining us, my name's Lauren. This is Jeff. Um, and this is a podcast all about the people that make up the music industry. Um, we are, this is the second episode of season three. And this is so much fun. We're, we're loving it. We're having a blast. Oh, yeah. Here at Rosewood Studios. Here at Rosewood Studios. I have really missed doing the podcast thing. I, have you? I haven't missed you, but I've missed the podcast. It's because you've seen me every single <laughs> week. <laughs> Yay. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I've missed it. Well, good. I mean, I will say I have a lot more work to do on this than you do. It's I true. Have, let me show you. But listen, we got a new she doesn't really have anything else going on in her life. Right. I don't have a four-year-old. No. Look at our new board. It's a video game. It's not a video game. It is the Roadcaster Pro 2. We are so fancy. This episode is brought to you by... It is not. Oh. But watch what it does. That's for um, me. I also have this for anything I want to say to you. Like, Go ahead. Jeff. What? Don't talk to me like that. Oh, yeah? Well, shut the <laughs> up. <laughs> Oh my God, what is wrong with us? Everything. Uh, <laughs> it also has like a really perfect thing Go for ahead. our, well, I should say for like if I ever have like an awkward silence or like tell, or you tell like a, a joke that's not funny. Which is never. Which is often. Let's. What do you got? Uh, crickets. How about yeah. one of those things that really manipulates your voice? I, I have that too. What do you got? I got this. Oh my goodness, <laughs> what is going on? I also have. Oh, we sell sex sex. This one's <laughs> This one's called voice disguise. You sound so perfect. if you listen, I mean I know we're like videoing and everything. Yes. <laughs> but if you like wanna tell hold on. <laughs> If you, you want to tell, like, a secret really quick, I'll, yes. I'll disguise your voice so no one will know. Uh, hold on. Hi. I have a deep secret I need to get off my chest. I'm not going to say it. Because <laughs> I'm afraid that everybody would know. I would use this to say, to tell people, like, that I'm related to you. Oh, crap. Which is... I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Doesn't she look like me? He just told me the more time we spend around each other, the more we start to look alike, which yeah. is like like people and their and their pet dogs, right? Like people Something say that like, that So happens. you're my pet dog. I was thinking the other way around, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here's how that would go. I am related to Jeff Odom. And then there would be some sad music. Yeah. Anyway. But after that, what you should be getting is. What? That's no. what I get. <laughs> <laughs> or this. This is what y'all all wanted anyway. to see. Right? <laughs> this I'm episode sorry. is brought to you by Kaiser, though. <laughs> yes. Kaiser Musical Products. They are our sponsor again this season, and we love them. Thank you, Meredith. Yeah, thank you, Meredith. And Scott, 
Uh, we yeah. love you guys. And anyway, this has been a really long intro, and I do apologize for Jeff's for her? behavior. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My pet dog over here talks Shut way too up. much. All right. So our guest today is a composer, record producer, and contemporary jazz piano recording artist from Nashville who's now living in L.A. Um, he's a founder and CEO of Muse Entertainment, which is um, an indie music production company and label. And he's currently on tour with Empress of Soul Gladys Knight as a featured guest artist. How cool. Welcome, Briard Huggins. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Damn. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Groove Lab. Oh, yeah. Welcome, dude. Good um, to see you. Thank you. Hey, I'm excited to talk to you because, wow, that's um, that's a lot of things that you're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Let's start up. Um, let's talk about where you got your start in music. Um, you mentioned in your email that you started at the age of four. I did. Let's I did. On. Yeah, literally it was, it was crazy. Cause people always ask me, you know, how did you start? How did you start on piano? How did you get into music? And literally I just say it was God because I sat down at the piano and started playing by ear. Um, just trying to make melodies from, um, my parents used to play a peanuts Christmas uh, the Christmas soundtrack. And so I used to try to pick it out uh, by ear. Um, and then when I was about four, my dad bought my mom a piano for Christmas. And basically she, because my mom played with uh, when she was pregnant with me. And so, you know, bought her a piano. And then a couple weeks later, they rounded the corner and they're like, what is that noise? And they see me like, you know, like tiny, tiny, couldn't even touch the ground. And my feet were like swinging and I was just picking out melodies and and playing and they're like this is this is something that's beyond our comprehension <laughs> and they're like how do we deal with this and uh <laughs> they didn't really know but um but they definitely just gave it gave it up to god because that's that was what it was it was just a divine a divine thing that is so cool okay so you start playing piano this little child prodigy and where were you as a child <laughs> i was in nashville okay. okay so you were born in nashville born and raised in nashville yes okay okay cool um, so yeah, what, what happened after that? Yeah. So, I mean, really they, like I said, they were just kind of trying to figure out like what to do with this talent. Cause you know, as parents, you know, you want to make sure you nurture this and you want to protect it. And so, um, people were like, you know, oh, you should send the tape in. That's how old I am. Tape into Oprah and all that stuff when she had her show. Um, and they're like, no, we, you know, we want to just make sure we just, you know, we, we hone in, you know, let him hone in on his craft and, um, get him the training that he needs to just perfect it and, and to nurture it. And so um, around the age of six, I actually composed my first song and they're like, okay, now he's writing. Okay. We don't, we don't know what to do with this. So they, um, they found a, uh, a piano teacher um, at my old school. Um, and she was just like one of like the after school teachers. And I, I think I had about like two or three lessons with her. And, and these were her words. So this is not me tooting my own horn or anything, but uh, she goes to my parents. She said, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do with this. He's outstanding. You need to go to Belmont and get a teacher at Belmont. And so that's when I started with my uh, classical piano instructor uh, when I was about six years old uh, at Belmont and stayed wow. with him for about 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That is a God-given talent you were born with. Absolutely. No yeah. Absolutely. At six years old. I think it's so cool that your parents too were not like, let's, let's put him on Oprah. Let's do that right now because yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff will follow you, you know, yeah. like there's yeah. a lot of kids that 
are child prodigies, but then, you know, you can't, it's hard to get out of, of that, of being considered a child for the rest of your life. It is of your parents. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I think they, I'm, and I'm so glad they did it. I mean, sometimes like, sometimes I look back and be like, oh, like imagine where I probably would be if you'd put me on Oprah. But it's like, I, you're right. You know, it would have been just a whole journey, you know, probably before I was ready uh, to get there. So they they definitely did it right. They definitely did it right. And I'm, I'm blessed by it. Everything has its reason. Everything has its timing. Yeah. Are your parents mu- musicians? You said your mom. Yeah. My mom played when she was pregnant uh, with me and my brother. My brother's also an amazing pianist too. So he has the same gift, which is, which is crazy. Um, and all of her side of the family is like classically trained. Um, they play piano, they sung, they were in bands. And then on my dad's side, they were all like recording artists and gospel singers from like back in the day, like old, like spiritual gospel church you know, uh, foot stomping gospel, uh, gospel people. And um, they all recorded and had groups and quartets and stuff like that. So it comes from both sides of, of the family, really. So this was going to happen no matter what. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably, it probably it, w- it was going to seep in some kind of way. <laughs> in some form or fashion, this was going to be your life. But most likely it, it was definitely ordained, ordained for that. It, it's funny that you said that though, because um, when I was first born, like literally minutes after uh, I was born, there's a videotape of it. my great grandmother um, on my mom's side came into the hospital room and they were like, oh, you know, he's so cute. And oh my God. And they're like, look at his fingers. His fingers are so long. And on tape, I'm serious, y'all, I have it. She says so clearly, he's going to play piano. She's like, oh yeah, oh, he's he- going to play piano. And I'm like, called it, called it. <laughs> How freaking <laughs> cool it. is that? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, they said the grandparents stuff always know, you know, what's going on. So yeah, that's so cool. So six at Belmont, go from there. I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I, I stayed with that with uh, with my classical instructor for about 10 years. Um, and right. so I'm about 15, 16 years old. Um, and then I actually switched schools. I went to um, USN, uh, University School of Nashville, shout out to them, uh, started there in high school. Um, and switched to uh, a jazz piano because I really wanted to get into the jazz genre. I had discovered uh, contemporary jazz and smooth jazz on uh, Sirius XM um, when I was about 15. And so I'm like, that's like, I, I can do that. I there's like, you know, it's fusion and like pop mixed with instrumental jazz on piano and uh, got the connection from my uh, my band director, uh, Mr. Getsy. And uh, he gave me the contact information for a, a Grammy nominated songwriter uh, and jazz musician, Billy Kirsch, who uh, became my uh, piano instructor in jazz for about four years since uh, I graduated and went to college. Oh. Well, what a what a road. <laughs> I know. So freaking cool, dude. Wow. Okay. So I don't even know where to go from here. Like I have so many options. <laughs> Jeff, you take the lead on this. No, one. that's not once at what age did you start branching out on your own to play music outside of the school? Like in bars or church or what avenue did you go down? Because most musicians tend to go to bar route, but I have a feeling you did not go that route. I did not. I did okay. not. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I had a lot of opportunities, um, through family members, through my church and uh, extended church family that, you know, got me different little gigs when I was, you know, 10, 11, like preteen kind of years. Um, cause I really honestly did not want to do music. I didn't decide on doing music full time, um, before I, until I was about to get ready to go to, uh, to college. Um, I was actually going to do architecture. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, because I've always had a, a thing for interior design and buildings and stuff like that. 
Um, and then I was also wondering- Your whole background is like- You can just see- <laughs> Very cute. You- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really love that. And I still love it. That's just a little passion project of mine, but um, also wanted to be a physician because um, my mom is also a doctor. So I had a dream of like taking over her practice one day. Um, but then I, I think when, when, when I finally realized when I was applying to schools that the music thing, I, I could not escape it. Um, by that point, I had, uh, to answer your question, you know, branched out uh, away from the school and got contacts outside of my school and my church um, that, you know, word obviously travels fast in the music industry, um, and particularly in Nashville being a music town. So people would need, you know, music for banquets and background music for little events and stuff. So that's what I really did um, and, until I decided to take, really take this on full time um, and decide to actually major in music um, because I felt like you know, this, this was definitely a divine gift that I had and I wanted to continue to progress with it and, and just kind of see where it went. Cause it was not leaving me. It was, it was, music was definitely, was definitely ingrained in me by that point. Yeah. It would be interesting to think if you didn't, because it almost like you're going against what God wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. And if your path, I mean, I'm sure you would have been a great physician, but it was almost as if okay, this is what he's meant to do. This is your path. This is your path and you need to stick with it, you know, which can be a blessing. It also can be a curse because it almost like, okay, well, I don't really have a choice in this. Yeah. Yeah. I knew, I knew it was, you know, I knew it it was, it was something that was there for a reason. Um, You know, uh, the amazing uh, Grammy nominated singer songwriter, gospel artist, Richard Small, but I'm not sure if you, if you've heard of him, but um, he did the song Total Praise and he actually, he emailed me one time and one thing he said was, uh, that's always stuck with me is like, you know, you keep honing in on your craft. It's given to you by purpose and design. And right. so that, that's kind of my grounding force is like, it's there for a reason. Um, and then just seeing when I did play around, played in church and played in different places, how much the music touched people and uplifted people. And that's really why I decided I wanted to go into that, not just for a you know a career and, and making money off of it, but also just to be able to continue to touch people and inspire people because that really should be what our mission is as artists is not necessarily for ourselves, but it's for the public. It's your, you guys take in the music and we're there and we, we give it to you and it lives on its own through you guys and inspires and, and blesses you in whatever ways and whatever cir- circumstances that, uh, that you guys are going through. So yeah, that's, so that's like the a purpose. for that. I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so where does Gladys Knight come into play? Because that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a big deal. It's a pretty big jump too. Yeah. <laughs> Did I jump too far? No, but go ahead. I'm just I'm, excited. This yeah. is cool. No, 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 no. You didn't. It, it, it's funny because it is. It is a major jump from from you know what I had been doing, and never did I expect that kind of connection uh, to come in the way that it did. You know, they say that you know God closes one door, opens up another. Um, and so it is fast forwarding a little bit, but it's, but it, it fits in because, you know, all through this time through college and I got my master's degree. Um, and I, one thing I had said was, uh, you know, after I left undergrad, if I'm not Taylor Swift famous in a year, I'm going to go back and get my master's because that that's God telling me you, you got, you got more to learn. There's more that you've got to do. You're not ready yet. And I was not Taylor Swift famous. So I was like, well, darn, I said, well, let's go ahead and look at these master's programs <laughs> uh, and went into music business and got my master's in that, which really helped because that also helped me establish my company, um, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, later on. But, uh, but, you know, from there, I really was still just making the connections. Uh, you know, I was, I was 
up from just you know gigging kind of every place. So I was now writing music for different platforms, film and TV. You were still in Nashville. I was still in Nashville at the time. Um, And I had, you know, established my company. So I was producing artists. I was doing music for different things across the country, going and speaking at different places and playing different places, um, writing music for different outlets, uh, plays and uh, podcasts and spoken word, anything you can really imagine, really just diving into the composer producer world. Um, And then uh, one of the connections that I actually gotten from my music for, uh, for children's books um, forced me to have to come out to LA to possibly meet with some big name people to take that message and that mission on, uh, you know, on, on a different route and um, a bigger route. And literally I had planned for it. I had, you know, booked the flights and the moment literally that I touched down at LAX, they're like, yeah, it's not going to work out. And oh. so obviously I had, I used all my Southwest points to stay out there. But like, well, now I'm, I'm like, here we go again, like another closed door. Um, and I was like, well, I said, you know, it's okay. And uh, ended up staying in LA for two extra days that I didn't want to stay in LA two extra days, but I ended up, you know, here. And, uh, just so happens that I, re- well, my dad actually ran into uh, Gladys Knight's manager at our hotel on the day I was supposed to leave if this connection <laughs> had come oh. through. And so ended up st- being out there for that long uh you know, I would not have been able to meet and be in that position to to be acquainted with uh, with Gladys Knight's uh, management. And that's really how it all happened. Uh, that's how it all started was just, you know, was out in LA for something completely different. It didn't work out. I was bummed that it didn't work out. And lo and behold, I'm there for two extra days and we meet Gladys's people. Well, that is quite a testimony on keeping the faith and allowing these circumstances not to derail you to know that there is a a path that you're taking and if you stay on that path things unfold for you like that gave me chills exactly exactly that's that's and that's you know that was that was definitely a divine connection at the right time you know because you don't know what's in the plan and what's on the path for you and you know and you're right you know some things you know could save you and you know and not work out because there's always something better behind it and I believe me, I, I'm so blessed to be a, to have been able to be in the position to take this gig with Gladys and be in that position than the other gig I was originally supposed to be out there for. That that one pales in comparison to to what God has lined up with with Gladys and her team. Well, I'm sure. Wow. You know, Gladys being such a lady of faith herself, and you coming on board with her, that has to be a wonderful um, gig to have because it'll keep you on the straight and narrow path. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. She's, she is, she is truly one of the most real people that I, she, she and her husband are, are just, just faith-based family people, great, real kind people. And I, I honestly could think of nobody else to, to have gotten me to where I am with them uh, or, or in, in this particular business uh, than people like that, you know, people who are sincere about their actions and just want to help and promote and give the opportunity. And, you know, up until then, that's really all that I wanted. I would get frustrated. You know, you know, obviously music is such a fickle industry and it could be sometimes an unfair industry. So, you know, there were a lot of, lot of highs, but there were more lows, uh, a lot of closed doors, but there were a lot of good open ones also. And so, you know, just trying to just figure it all out and, um, and being aligned with somebody who I always say, just, just gave, the, they gave their time and gave me the opportunity just to show what I could do and to share my gift 
that's that is that to me is invaluable and i tell her that all the time and she's just like well you know i'm like no you you truly you truly helped me you took the time out of your legendariness to to highlight me in your show i'm like you know and she did the same thing with alicia keys and michael buble like that's how they started too was through gladys the same exact way so just to be in that line of 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 greatness is is an honor to me has she given you any words of wisdom Literally every, everything that comes out of her mouth is a word of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Literally everything that comes out, whether she's telling me how to, how she makes her banana pudding or like everything is a word of wisdom. Uh, but you know, I, I think I think the biggest thing that uh, that she and her husband have both told me, and it stuck with me because I I pass this along to I work with aspiring artists also and and other people, and I pass this along to them. What's for you is only for you and nobody else, and that. I'm like a story of my life, literally, because, you know, not everybody's path is going to be the same. No. You know, you're going to go on a different path than your friend, even if you're in the same field. And so that's just something that's really stuck with me and, and struck me when she said it. I'm like, like, that's that's true. And another and another one she said was, well, when God opens one door, no man can close it. Like, of course, like little things that just are out there, like you, you get it. She's like, I get it. So it's it's it's, it's a great. Good one. Wow. I like that. Yeah, use it. It comes straight from the Empress of Soul. <laughs> okay, well, use I got to know one thing, Lauren. All right. What was it like? Where were you? And what was it like the first time you played a gig with her? Oh, God. Uh, it was, um, so, so I was supposed to, because the pandemic had shifted everything, I was supposed to actually do the Ryman Auditorium with her oh. um, on Mother's Day of 2020, but that was canceled. That's a whole other story. I was disappointed. <laughs> I was angry like everybody else all the, everybody's plans were curtailed um and so when i finally got around to to performing with her uh back in november uh she sent me dates and she's like pick anything you want anything you want and i said okay and then i i called her and she recommended that i go with her to florida um because florida's diverse audience really would be a great place for me to to start and for her to, to introduce me to people and um and so the first gig i did with her was at the walt disney theater in orlando all right. And it was just, it was, it, I, I truly could not believe it. I, I couldn't believe that this was just all happening, given my story my, and, and the stuff that I had been through personally and musically. Being there, I'm like, this is, it's, it's crazy. My parents were there. My brother got to go backstage with me and hang with me. And everybody on her team was just gracious and, and kind and welcoming. So it was amazing. Awesome. I'm sure your heart must have been racing. Yeah, once <laughs> you know, you know, it's it was it's it's funny because I had had my whole outfit picked out and everything, and literally moments before the show, I was about to change, and I left my <laughs> and I left my pants at the hotel, oh my God. and I was freaking yeah. out. <laughs> I, it, it, it was like all black. It's supposed to be like a, like a tuxedo look. So I had like black denims and like a sparkly jacket, and um, and I came in with like not tattered jeans, but like uh, white, white, they're like whitewash jeans, like, yeah. the, you know, whitewash jeans. And I'm like, I can't wear this. And I was so upset. And my brother, thank God was, who is like my, he, he keeps me in line. He was like, he was like, shut up. He's like, don't let the devil try to infiltrate you. This is, this is the devil trying to infiltrate you. And I'm like, okay, all right. So it, I, I, that made me a little nervous, but then, you know, I got out there and sat at the piano and she just started, you know, introducing me and endorsing me to the audience. And I was just like, this is, it's, this is crazy. I, we did the way we were, uh, Barbara Streisand's classic tune sure. um, together, and uh, and then I did a solo uh, piano arrangement of Total Praise 
uh, by Richard Smallwood, which I, you know, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, and got a standing ovation. And I just remember, you know, walking to the front of the stage and bowing. And I look over to my right, and she's literally like genuflecting to me. And that that just that just got me. Like I thought of my grandparents, and I just I just thought of my. I see my parents were crying in the audience, and I'm like. I'm like this, and I went off the stage and I just bawled for like 15 minutes because it was just, it was so much kind of like a finally, but also just like a rush of, of everything. And so it nobody was, noticed your jeans. Nobody noticed. <laughs> what you're nobody, nobody noticed the jeans. I didn't care at that point. I could have had sweatpants. I didn't care. It right, was just, right, an, right. it was just an, uh, such a humbling, humbling experience, humbling experience. I definitely have like, I'm a little teary. I just like listening to that story. Like that is freaking awesome for you that is thank you. incredible thank you no, wow. nothing but god nothing but god yeah. truly god and a piano is what i say <laughs> are you currently on the road with her or not currently because you're filming in la but are you you have gigs uh, booked? i have we have we have some other things lined up that i can't really share uh right now but i just got off um her two-week european tour uh we did the uk scotland and wales awesome um, and so when i did the ryman back in april i ended up doing her ryman show because she came back after uh after COVID. And so that was, that was really special because literally the entire town of Nashville was, was there at the Ryman and everybody that I knew and went to church with and people came out to see Gladys and I was the kind of the surprise featured guest. Um, and that it was actually on stage after my performance that she, she said, she pulled me aside. She said, she's in front of everybody. She's like, I have something I need to ask you. I'm like, Oh God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and she popped the question that she uh, was going on a European tour. She's like, I want you to come and be basically my featured guest artist. And I just, again, broke down <laughs> on, on the stage and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know how it's gonna work, but yeah. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was just, that experience was just incredible. Truly, inc- I just never, I again, never thought that I would be in that position to be a featured guest artist with Gladys Knight on a two week, 10 show, all sold out tour of UK is, is again, nothing but God, nothing but God. And you had your passport ready. I had, I, they called me the next day and they said, your flight is booked. I said, say what now? Oh, everything's taken care of. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then you have to just show up at LAX and we'll take care of the rest. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I had everything ready. You got to love that. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. The Groove Lab podcast is proud to be sponsored by Kaiser Musical Products. Kaiser is a family-owned and operated guitar accessories company, proudly made in East Texas, and globally recognized for their world-famous quick-change capos. Guaranteed with a lifetime warranty, Kaiser capos are ready for whatever the road throws at them. And you really don't own a capo if you don't own a Kaiser. That's what I've heard. (laughs) Check them out online at kaisermusical.com. Well, okay. So sorry, I got a little ahead of myself. I'm very <laughs> excited for that story, and That's okay. I'm I'm glad to have heard it. But let's go back and uh, let's talk about your um your company. Yes, yes, yeah. Muse Entertainment. It's it's a brainchild of mine because, you know, when I was when I was about 13 years old, um, I had I had started kind of getting into like the smooth jazz genre. Uh, but I was also really inspired by a Greek composer uh, by the name of Yanni. I'm not sure if you guys have, have heard of him, but Yanni is the most amazing, in my opinion, the most amazing composer, producer, performer on piano. So, you know, if you watch me actually perform in person, you'll see a lot of the mannerisms I kind of adopted from him just from watching him at an early age. 
Um, and so I was kind of into like, he does like a lot of world music, international music mixed with classical. Um, and so I really was into that. And so I started composing music uh, that was a mix between world music and smooth jazz when I was about 12, 13 years old. Um, and then finally, and then had a producer that actually heard my stuff and was like, you know, you got something kid, like I, I'd love to help you get your first album out there. And so I released my first album when I was 15. And so, you know, fast forward to me starting the company, that was why I wanted to take on something like this because I wanted to be that same kind of connection that my first producer was to me for somebody else. You know, as I said, music is super hard and it's such a fickle industry. And, you know, especially in Nashville, there's constantly people that are coming in, sometimes with just their guitar on their back and a book of songs, and they just don't know what they're doing. They just know that's where they were sent and where they are, you know, are, are, are supposed to be. And so, you know, being in Nashville and being from Nashville, I wanted to, you know, hop on that and help any aspiring artists get their start, basically, get the knowledge, the experience, the portfolio that they need to, you know, kind of be able to like leave music entertainment, leave the nest and and pitch their work to other labels and stuff, but at least they'll have, they have, they would have gone through the process and they'd have the product. Um, and so that's really what we do on our artist development side is really just mentoring and, 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 and inspiring young artists to uh, get this knowledge of the industry and then take it in and go, like basically go forth and do something with it. Um, but at least they have that grounding and they know that that's kind of how the industry, uh, the industry works. That seems like it would be really fulfilling. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's such a blessing seeing artists faces when, you know, we listen to their masters or we listen to the, the mixes and they're like, that's my song. I'm like, yeah, that's, this is all you and like, but you did all, I'm like, no, I, I just, I was a very small part of it. You, you did this. This is, this is you. And sometimes they're in tears. Sometimes they were crying and, you know, and I, I remember my first time in that position when I heard my songs, you know, the masters all, you know, all on the track. And I was, I mean, all on a, a CD and I was just like, I was like, wow, like I, I know that feeling. I was once there. And so if any, anything I could do to help, you know, even giving expertise in the music business, which is why I got my master's was to be able to have that knowledge to share with other people. Um, and so when I was getting my master's, I built the company. And so I was able to take what I was learning in class and apply it to building this label. Um, and that's the artist development side. The music production side is just, you know, really me and uh, any composers or producers that I contract out with uh, to work with on uh, music for film and TV, different genres and different uh, and out, uh, different outlets like that. I've done stuff for Macy's, done stuff for Cuisinart, um, done stuff for short films. My brother's a filmmaker, so I score all of his films uh, for his company, That's High Productions. And um, it's, it's, music entertainment kind of has two parts, but it really is fulfilling because you're providing music either for aspiring artists or for uh, people just looking for music to enhance their their product. That's cool. How how do people uh, get in touch with you in regards to um, your assistance? Yeah, so so Music Entertainment has an Instagram. You can uh, contact us. You can DM just literally DM us. Uh, my assistant is super good at <laughs> getting back with people. We don't ever leave people unread. Um, so it's at Muse Entertainment Co. C O. Uh, is our uh, is our Instagram. So definitely hit us up if you need music for anything, if you are an artist that's looking for uh, for production or even just composition with lyrics, anything like that, we, we're happy to talk. Also be honored to talk to you. That's awesome. I will make sure to link it um, in the show notes so people cool. can just click through and make it super easy. Cool. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm a huge jazz fan also. 
back in the day, I used to uh, go to all the jazz fest that comes down here to Texas and whatnot. But most of my, uh, I follow a lot of um, mainstream jazz, like Spyro Gyra and mm-hmm. Gilly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw Miles Davis in 89 and all these um, progressive jazz that I've always loved. What do you, what are some mainstream jazz artists that you listen to that um, our audience may like to check out? Uh, well, besides myself. As <laughs> yeah, yeah but of course. Uh, that was a little joke. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, I, I love Brian Culbertson. Um, okay. he's, a, he's an amazing jazz pianist. And um, again, another person that I really took, uh, took from and was inspired by as far as their style of playing and their style of performance. You know, you, if you ever see Brian Culbertson live, he, the man plays backwards if he gets into the show and the audience knows it's coming too. I saw him at City Winery uh, in 2018, 2019 uh, there in Nashville. And I was completely blown away. I'm like, see, I'm like, I could, I could do, I could do that. And so I started just, you know, just, just seeing kind of how he does different things and how he dresses from like a sparkly blazer. I started getting into like the whole blazer look. And, um, and then the playing backwards thing was the only thing that, (laughs) that I hadn't yet mastered. Uh, But when I, I'll tell you though, I did actually master it. And I did it uh, at a show that I had last December at home, um, helping our music evolve in East Nashville. I did a show and uh, did the backwards thing. And- uh, How does it go? it it was it was it was okay <laughs> you have you have to be you have to be in the moment you know when the right. musical spirit takes over you you got you got to do it and so i just started just kind of wafting my way back behind the piano and i'm like i don't know what's coming out but maybe it sounds good and i'm like people are clapping so maybe it's good um they had no idea you were going to do that they had no idea i was going to do right, that right, right. uh i was it was it was a moment between me and my brother because we do dueling pianos um and so he uh uh he basically uh you know he and I were going at it and uh I went I tried to I tried to show him up and play backwards and so that's <laughs> and that's what happened that's what that's the how rivalry. that happened the rivalry yes but, but Brian Culberson is is probably my number one artist that I uh that I listen to and that I um am inspired by as far as uh smooth jazz and contemporary jazz awesome goes. yeah all right cool. well do you have any um maybe tips for artists or like words of advice that you want to give anyone that's listening? Yeah. Words of advice. You know, I, I would, I will just repeat, you know, what, what Gladys had told me, you know, what's meant for you is only for you. You know, I think that, you know, you have to, as an artist, recognize your journey is not going to be the same as somebody else's. And you may not reach a point of success or whatever that somebody as quick as somebody else is, that doesn't mean that you're not worthy. That doesn't mean that doesn't that it doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that you know God has something planned for you that's specific to you, and not that other person, and vice versa. So it's you know it really just depends. And so if you keep that in your mind, you know you you'll I feel like you'll be much more grounded and you'll be more sure of yourself that something is coming because you know music it could it could be you know a slow process and in getting into the industry and reaching. You know, success and and by no means am I there yet where I want to be. Um, but the other piece of advice, again, would be to keep working hard and keep working at it, making the connections, talking to people. And the last piece of advice, be humble, be humble. You know, I, I've run into a lot of people that don't have that humility, and but they're 
super gifted. I mean, people I could, I know could play around people and, and legendary, I feel like legendary status people, but they don't have that spirit of humility. And I think that that's what will captivate people. That's what will connect you with people is, is that, is that sincerity and, you know, and, and, and being humble and, you know, just recognizing that it's not really about you in the grand scheme of things. It's about how your music makes people feel. And if you can get one person to, to feel better with your song or your strum or your performance or whatever, that should be enough. You just, you just save, you don't know what you were saving. You just saved the soul. You just helped somebody else. You just, you know, brought somebody along that was struggling. And so if you remain humble and you work hard and you realize that, that your purpose is your purpose and nobody else's, you could be fine. And I'm sure Gladys Knight is the epitome of humble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when we were, every single night we were on tour in the UK, she would say, you know, she like, I love you guys. And they always be like, oh, yeah, she loves it. And she would say, no, I really do. She's like, because without any of you, we wouldn't be here. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's 100% true. And she, and she means it. She means it. And, and that's the same thing as me as a performer. And when I have, a, have the performance hat on, I make sure to thank my audience all the time because like y'all could have been doing anything else but you came here to be blessed by music and to have fun i'm like thank you thank you for coming you you're not just you don't just pay my bills but you're supporting me i i i appreciate that and i i, I always say that on my social media posts and you know different things that i say i always ended with thank you so much for the continued support because i have the i feel like i have the best fan base in the entire world because they pray for me they encourage me they support me and that, that to me just trumps everything else. If to have that support is, is invaluable in my opinion. Well, I think that's a great note to go out on. It, it really is. Okay. Tell everyone where to find your stuff. I'm going to link it below too, but. Okay. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Briard, B-R-Y-A-R-D official. Um, and then you can, I'm like, literally I'm so, I'm personable. I really don't care. You can friend me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Facebook. You can follow my YouTube uh, channel. It's Muse Entertainment, and it has a um, there's a couple of Muse Entertainments out there, but ours has the uh, a little yellow logo. So you'll see it. You'll you'll see me. Um, and you can of course follow uh, our label and music production company at Muse Entertainment Co. C O. Um, and I, yeah, and email me too. DM me anything. I'm I'm happy to talk with anybody, and I'm a complete open book. Truly, I like to connect with people. It's great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on. It's been so great to talk to you. Thank and, you. Thank you for having me. I know you. I'm excited to follow your career as well. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. This is Briard Huggins, composer, producer, smooth jazz recording artist. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Groove Lab podcast. Stay groovy. <laughs>